Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. Relationship with God grows with honesty. Let us now be honest with God, with ourselves, and with one another as we confess our sins together. Join me now in the prayer of confession. Loving God, we so often forget that we are made, we are crafted carefully in your image. We especially forget that those with whom we disagree are also made in your image. Forgive us for the times this week when we acted out of jealousy, out of greed, out of pride. Forgive us for our hatred of the stranger, 
forgive us of our obsession with consumerism and our apathy towards injustice. Move within us, wash us clean, and continue to transform our hearts and minds to be more like your Son, Jesus the Christ. And now let us confess silently. good news is this. God abides with us. Christ has been born to us. It doesn't matter what we do. God does not forsake us or abandon us in our sin. Rather, God forgives us and calls us to life everlasting. In light of our salvation, let us live into that call. Friends, we are loved, called to love forgiven, called to forgive. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now for Holy Interruption. Hey there, Downtown Church. It's Jason Simmons coming to you today, playing a little guitar for you. Hope you enjoy this lick. have to talk a little loud so you can hear me over this great guitar playing I'm doing right now, but... Uh, I was actually just wanting to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and was thinking uh, last week about uh, how fast uh, this year has gone by. You know, there's something about uh, holidays or birthdays or uh, maybe it's tax day or maybe if if you're my wife, it's that one time a year where she cleans out her car. But, you know, that that thing you do once a year and you, you say to yourself, man, this year has flown by for me. Uh, that's that trip upstairs into the attic to, to bring down all the Christmas gear. And you kind of go, oh, my gosh, how am I doing this already? It just seems like yesterday I was putting all this stuff up. 
Uh, and it really makes you realize uh, how fast time is going by. So like the old saying says, you know, the days are and the weeks are long, but the months and the years really seem to be flying by. And this year was no, no exception. So especially in a crazy year like this, uh, my holiday and Christmas wish for y'all is to uh, just slow down a little bit and enjoy the simple things about this Christmas. You know, have that holiday treat you love, maybe that holiday drink you love. Um, spend that extra time soaking in the chaos that may be young children and family and just really, really enjoy uh, this Christmas uh, because uh, time just seems to be going faster and faster and it won't be long. We'll be making that trip back up to the attic to, uh, to go get the Christmas decorations for next year. So I wish everybody a very, very uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and I hope to see you soon. Today's scripture lesson comes from John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is, him, who is himself God and is in close relationship with the Father, has made him known. The word of God for the people of God, thanks be to God. I'd like to take a few moments today and share with you a message titled, What Did You Get? What Did You Get? 
When I was growing up, Christmas was the holiday I anticipated the most. There's not even a close second. I particularly recall living on East Curtis Street in Linden, New Jersey. It was a two-family home. We lived upstairs and another family lived downstairs. And not only did I have my own room, I I had a room just for my toys. And by the way, I had a lot of toys. And every Christmas, I anticipated, and for the most part, I received new additions to my supply of toys. At this point in my life, I was an only child. So in my mind, Christmas was my day. More toys. I was one of those kids who would get the Sears catalog, the JCPenney's catalog, or other catalogs. And I would go through circling the items that I wanted, highlighting the items I want, pulling the pages out to share with my parents to make sure they got exactly what I wanted. See, we could count on several things in our household. And one of those things was we were going to have Christmas. And having Christmas meant having presents and giving and getting gifts. Even if my parents were struggling financially, even if there were challenges they were facing that I didn't even realize as a child, my parents always found a way to make sure we had Christmas. They made sure that I and later on my siblings had Christmas. Sure, sure, there were church services and there were scripture readings and there were songs that we sang and others sang and played. But through my eyes, the eyes of myself, Christmas meant getting something, something material, something physical, something I could unwrap, a gift. And you know, like so many communities, we lived in a a neighborhood where one of the indicators of having Christmas was measured by asking a question. What did you get? I don't know about you, but we could count on being asked that question, what did you get? Up until the time we went back to school after the holiday break. Later on in Christmas Day, when we went to our grandparents' house to eat Christmas dinner, somebody, a cousin, an aunt, an uncle, someone invariably would ask, what did you get? When relatives across the country who couldn't be there on Christmas Day would call us over the holiday season, one of the hallmark questions of the conversation, hey, what did you get? Even total strangers, when our parents were checking out at the grocery store, the cashier or clerk would look over and ask us, what did you get? And of course, the first day back to school was filled with countless, hey, what did you get? What did you get? What did you get? A ubiquitous question this time of year, a common question, an innocent question. It's a question that some eagerly anticipate because we got what we wanted and we were excited and we couldn't wait to share that good news, the gifts with families and friends and even strangers. As an adult, I've come to realize this can be a troubling question for some. A question that some even avoided because maybe my parents did not have the means and capacity to get the latest and greatest and most trending toys and technology and trinkets. You know, I genuinely think people mean no harm. But the question, especially in the mind of a child, 
can conjure up some sense of competition or comparison or judgment or assessment. What if my gift wasn't as nice as their gift? Well, why didn't I get that? You know, we can put a lot of pressure on getting just the right thing. What did you get? Today, I want to take a moment to share what I consider a secret with you, something I am not particularly proud of. I think of it as some sort of a personal confession. I'm not really sure about the value of publicly acknowledging what I'm about to share. I don't know if it'll do you or me or anyone any good, but I'm compelled to do so, so here we go. In my life, I have struggled with separating and distinguishing the spiritual from the physical. In different realms of my life, but there have been times where I have struggled with separating and distinguishing and delineating the spiritual from the physical. Not only, not only have I struggled with separating and distinguishing, if I'm going to be really transparent and vulnerable today, I got to tell you this. Sometimes the spiritual isn't even considered. I have to stand before you today and say this out loud, that there have been times when I have made decisions, where I have considered situations, and the spiritual component was not even a topic of consideration. Yeah, I said that. I'm part embarrassed by saying that, but I'm also part relieved. The preacher of the gospel in me is saying, whoa, wait a minute, what are you saying here? There's another part of me saying, thank you for saying it out loud. Thank you for admitting that you're human. Thank you for acknowledging that you're not perfect. <laughs> Listen, I got to tell you something. There have been moments in my life where I was not totally attuned to the spiritual ramifications impact what I was doing. But today, I'd like to take a moment to be attuned to the spiritual. Today, I'd like to ask you to tune in to the spiritual with me. Since we just celebrated Christmas Day, and today is the first Sunday after Christmas, I want you to go back with me. You know, people talk about Throwback Thursday, so let's call today Throwback Sunday. And I want us to go back and I want us to ask a question. What did you get? But, but this time, but this time I want to put a slight twist on this because I want to make sure that we distinguish the spiritual from the physical in our answer. I want to make sure we don't do like I've done many times in my life where I conflate or confuse the two or don't even consider the spiritual aspect. Sure, sure. Now, let me, let me be clear. I, I want you to enjoy and appreciate whatever physical or material gifts you gave and or received on Christmas Day. But that's a topic for another time, not right now. Because, see, for this question, in the spiritual context, those physical gifts are not sufficient as an answer. See, we all may have received something under the tree or a package in the mail or on the doorstep. But the answer to today's question, what did you get? That answer can't be found under a tree or wrapped in a bow or paid for with a credit card. 
The gifts that God has given us through his son Jesus have not been distributed based upon what zip code were you born in. What is the socioeconomic status of your parents? Well, who stood in line the earliest and the longest to get the best deals? No, no. We all got something that's deeper and bigger and more valuable than any gift we can purchase in the store. What did you get? And let's see if there's an answer to that question in the scripture. What did you get? The scripture I read earlier, I'm going to read another part to you right now to see if there's an indication in this of what we received. Verse 6 starts with, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Verse 9 reads, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. What did you get? The first thing that you and I got was light. We got light. Now, the significance of that in a world of darkness, in a world that even right now you might feel as if there's no light at the end of the proverbial tunnel, I got to tell you, we got light. Even in 2020, as much as we talk about this year, and many people want to push through this year, there's still light in 2020. We received light. The scripture tells us the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. We got it. There is light in all of us. When we accepted Jesus as our Savior, we received light. You know, many of us as a child sang a song, and our children today sing that song. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Now, you know I can't sing, so I'm not going to go any further. But I'm going to tell you something. We got light. Will we let it shine? Jesus is the light that is within all of us that we let shine through our lives. And as dark as our circumstances may become, as grim as we may look at every day in life, as challenging as the world may appear to be around of us, we dare not forget that we were given the gift of light. We have light within us. And if nothing else, we can let that light shine. But we got something else as well. We got something else. If you look at verse 10 and read a little bit further, it says, He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. He gave the right to become children of God. Family, we got the right to become children of God. Now, for those that have listened to me in the past or talked with me or, or heard me deliver a message of God, you know I use that word family a, lot, family a lot. Why? Because we're family. We are children of God. We are children of God. 
You know, my grandmother, and I didn't, I didn't pay attention when I was younger, but my grandmother would pray, Father God. And the way my grandmother said, Father God, you believe that. I don't know if y'all understand what I'm saying there. But my grandmother said, Father God, you stopped and you look for Father God because she said it with a conviction and a passion and a belief that God was her father. She was a child of God. As a matter of fact, my grandmother and other relatives and others, when they faced hard times, when things seemed to be mounted up against them that they could do nothing about, they would proclaim, but I am a child of God. They said that with conviction and passion and assurance and affirmation. They believed. Because you notice the scripture says, to those who believed in his name, my question to you today, do you believe in the name of Jesus? Do you receive him? By believing and receiving, we have the right to become children of God. Talk about a gift. Being a child of God. And, and, and as, a, as a parent with children, and as a child myself of parents, the one way that, they, that makes sense to me that I can connect with that is I, I can look at what are some things that I do for my children as a parent, and what are some things my parents have done for me. And when I think about that, three things come to mind. As a parent, we protect. As a parent, we direct. And as a parent, we correct. So if I am a child of God, if I have been given the right to be a child of God, that means that I have God's protection. Let me ask you a question. Has God protected you in your life? See, when I have the right as being a child of God, that means I receive God's direction. How often in our lives do we lean on God's word for his direction on what we should do? And this may not be so popular, but guess what? As a child of God, I also receive God's correction. Has God ever had to correct you? I know God has corrected me. So that gift, being a child of God, the gift of protection, the gift of direction, the gift of correction, is something we should dare not dismiss. So, yes, we got light, but we also got the right to become children of God. And then the final gift that we received, I believe we can also find that in the scripture. Look down at verse 15. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. Family, not only have we received light, not only have we received the right to become children of God, we received grace and truth. Grace and truth. I want you to meditate on those two words. I want you to Pray on those two words. I want you just to reflect upon and think about how grace and truth manifest in you, with you, and through you. We have grace and truth through Jesus Christ. We, we have received grace and truth. When you recognize the beauty of grace, when you recognize the fullness of truth, and how that shows up in our daily lives. It should make us all be thankful and shouting out, wanting to tell everybody what we got. Yeah, I got some light. 
And yeah, I got the right to become a child of God, and I got some grace and truth as well. And here's the beauty of this, family. We all got it. We all got it. Yours isn't better than mine. Mine isn't better than yours. We don't have to compare because we all got the gift. We all got it. Now, here's the thing, though. I want you to consider this. Imagine receiving a gift and not opening it. Imagine receiving a gift and ignoring it. Imagine receiving a gift and not even taking the time to figure out how it works. You know, if I go back to East Curtis Street in Linden, New Jersey as a child and all the things my parents did to make sure I had a gift, and they worked hard to make sure we had Christmas, the one thing, the one thing that my dad asked of us was to appreciate the gifts that he gave us, to appreciate them. That's all. My dad was the kind of dad, you didn't have to buy him anything. He didn't want anything. His gift was the smile on our face when he gave us a gift. And all he wanted was appreciation. What did that look like? Number one, being thankful for the gift. Number two, taking care of the gift. And number three, using the gift in the intention of how it was supposed to be used. You know, I think that applies to spiritual gifts. I think that applies to the light, the right to become a child of God. It applies to grace and truth, being thankful, caring for them, and using them in our daily lives. See, the beauty of God's gift is that, sure, people can say, hey, what did you get? And I can say, hmm, I got some light. I got the right to become a child of God. I got some grace and truth. I can say that, and there's nothing wrong with saying that. But you know something that's a little deeper than that? If I'm living it, if it's manifesting in who I am, you don't even have to ask me because it shows up in who I am and what I do and in my very presence. Family, there's a lot going on in the world today. Enjoy the presence under the tree. Enjoy your time together with each other. Enjoy the end of 2020 and welcoming 2021. But just remember this. When people ask, what did you get? Sure, we can share the presence and the bows and what we unwrapped. But let's never forget. There's something we all received that can't be wrapped in a package, doesn't fit under a tree. It only shows up in how we live our lives. What did you get? You got Jesus. Amen. The first Noel the angel did say was just certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay in fields where they lay keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night. i
Charles. Hey, Lucas, how you doing? Pretty good, man. How about you? I'm doing well, man. Can't complain. Thanks for bringing that word to us today. Um, and Charles, I know a lot of people downtown church are really familiar with you and uh, grateful for your gifts and just your friendship. But for those of you who, those of listening that don't know you, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, sure. Uh, I have been a member of Downtown Church, I think not the very first year it was founded, but year two is when mm-hmm. I got on board and excited to be part of the ministry here. Uh, I'm originally from New Jersey, Lucas, so not from South Carolina, but I've been here about 27 years. Okay. And I started pr- uh, pastoring and preaching in the Methodist Church, actually the AME Zion Church. Uh, and then I came to Downtown Church, like I said, uh, about the second year that the church was founded and just enjoy the family here. I run my own business here in Columbia. A uh, father of four, and just love being part of this church family. Yeah, and if for those of you who have been a part of Charles's different, not divided um, workshops, Charles is an amazing facilitator, and um, just forces us to dig deeper into ourselves. And we're just so grateful for you, Charles. Thank you, appreciate that. So, Charles, can you tell me about the best toy you got as a child, if you can remember? <laughs> oh my goodness, the best toy I got as a child. Uh, this is going to sound kind of corny, but it really was the best toy. When I grew up, there was a ga- uh, there was a Hess toy truck, mm-hmm. uh, the Hess gas station truck. My dad was a truck driver, okay, and I loved everything trucks. And the commercial would come on with that Hess truck, with, and I wanted that truck so bad. I wanted it so bad. And the first time I wanted it, I didn't get it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, I want the truck. And I recall that Christmas, the next Christmas, I got the Hess truck. Man, I think I got other things that year, but that Hess truck was all I cared about. That was the best gift. That, the best gift ever, the Hess truck. That's all I wanted. You know they still give them. You could get yourself that now if you really wanted. I- I'll tell you a funny story here. My kids brought me one a few years ago. <laughs> I have one at home in a box. <laughs> They're awesome. I mean, I, uh, one of my friend's kids got one, and it has, like, lights. And, I mean, I'm sure the Hess trucks get nicer and nicer <laughs> yeah, every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a cool memory. 
Um, I really appreciated you using this verse from from John because it it is like this birth narrative, but it's one we don't really hear much around Christmas, right? And it because it kind of intertwines the creation using the words in the beginning, right? Um, to describe the way that Christ came into the world mm-hmm. in this really poetic way. Right. So I'm wondering what what led you to pick these verses to preach the Sunday after Christmas? You know, it's it's interesting. This one, I don't want to say I struggled with it, but I, I had a lot of options. I'm going to put it that way. And I kept mm-hmm. saying, where, where am I landing here? So I'm praying on it and meditating on it. You know, what does God want me to say and what's really meaningful here? And for me, what let, I saw this scripture differently for the first time. I don't know if it's ever happened to you, Lucas. Mm-hmm. You know, you read a scripture a hundred times and it's like, the hundred and first time. Wait a minute, what is that? Mm-hmm. And, and and what took me there is I looked in that scripture like, hey, wait a minute, we got something, right? We we receive something, and we think about the birth of Jesus as receiving Christ and Jesus, which obviously we receive. But there are some details within those scriptures when they start talking about light and truth and grace, and you know the, the right to be a child of God. It's like, whoa, wait a minute, that's that's kind of deep. Mm-hmm. And so I was just there because I am a as much as I love Christmas, the the spiritual celebration, there's a part of Christmas that sometimes, quite frankly, I haven't been a fan of. And what I mean by that is the material side of Christmas. In my life, there's times I've struggled with that a little bit. I'm not anti-gift. Obviously, buy gifts and presents. But, Lucas, to be personal with you, and I know you want to go there a little bit, I've seen people in my own personal life uh, do some pretty challenging financial things just to make sure somebody got something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait a minute, is that what this is really all about? Yeah. I mean, you sure, give a gift is cool, but if you can't afford it, don't, don't stress out over that. There's other things that's deeper than what's in a box, and that's really what moved me to do this. Absolutely, and, and I think of just the gift of Christ showing up. Right. And, and that gift of presence and, and the way that he showed up for us and the way that I think he challenges us to show up for one another, especially right. in a time where people are lonely, people are, are hurting, and, yeah. and how can we just show up for our neighbors, show up for our strangers? and yep. and. And your sermon, when I was reading and listening to it, I, I just watched How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the Jim, the Jim Carrey version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's my favorite Christmas movie. I know a lot of people just dis- <laughs> dislike that movie, but I think it's the best. Uh-huh. And there's this quote in it. It's also in the book. And it's kind of at the end when the Grinch realizes that stealing the presents didn't actually work in ruining Christmas. Right. And he said, and he puzzled and he puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. What if Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. What if Christmas perhaps means a little bit more? Mm, mm. And um, man, I love Dr. Seuss. Mm. Like, and that's just, it just captures this idea that as I think we grow up, we realize that the, that the presents are great and all, but there's so much more. And, right. and there's an opportunity um, to use this Christmas spirit that we're coming off of here on the 27th and, and use it to really change the world like Jesus wants us to, I think. Man, I love, you know, first of all, one of my favorite movies as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you, and, Charles. And, and, I knew I liked no, you, No, I'm, I'm, we're I good, man. We're, we're good with that. And, and, and also, though, when you talk about Jesus, just his presence and showing up, it, I'm at a stage, like my, my kids, who are all older, my youngest is 18, they're always saying, Daddy, what do you want? What can we give you? And I say, nothing. Mm. I, say, I, say, I, I say, I don't need any. I'm at the space in life, Lucas, where I don't need anything mm-hmm. that can fit in a box. But I'm telling my kids now, you, you want to do something for me? Come home. Mm-hmm. Let's spend some time together. Let's just relax. Let, let's, you know, let's play a game, board game. Those are the things that are so much deeper and so much more meaningful. So I, I love that example, what you're saying. That's awesome. Yeah, I think um, what I get out of this sermon is that that's our challenge to embody that grace and truth to the world because yes. it's been given to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we got to go out and shine it. Got to shine that light.
I, if I can say one more thing there real quick, you're right. the, the grace and truth and, and the light, you know, the whole idea of, you know, in the sermon, I talk about that song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it mm-hmm. shine, you know, this whole light. And I don't know about you, but I hear so many people saying things like, I can't wait to get out of 2020. It's the worst year ever. So I'm like, mm-hmm. stop, sl- slow down. Because I remember in 2019, people said, I can't wait to get out of 2019. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now, again, tw- 2020 has its issues. I'm, I'm good with that. But here's the point. We cannot, nor should we, succumb to the darkness of the world. Mm-hmm. There are going to be we we've got to recognize. I've got some light in me. I, I'm I'm a believer. I call on the name of Jesus, and that light. We may not be able to change the world, big W, but what about the world that we're in? Mm-hmm. When you walk into space, what light do you bring with you? What light do I bring with me? I think there's an opportunity right now for us to let the Lord shine through the, everything we say, do, and act. And I just think there's some beauty in that. Absolutely, and. And right now I'm leading a book study with some church members of Barbara Brown Taylor's book, Learning to Walk in the Dark. Mm. And, and she kind of unpacks that she tries to complicate our understanding of darkness. Mm. And it just makes me think of how Christ was born in the dark, how the right. shepherds could only see the star because of the darkness. Right. And um, so shining that light, whether it means just sitting with someone in the darkness and acknowledging that they're not alone right. and that you've been there before or I've been there before right. um, is such a testament. So, so thanks again, Charles, for... Um, your words. And now I think, guys, we're going to go together in prayer. Mm-hmm. So let us pray. Loving God, we give you thanks for your son. We give you thanks for the gift that he is to us, not the physical aspect, God, but the spiritual aspect of the light, of the truth, of the grace that he showed to us. God, we thank you that he was born in the strangest of circumstances, with the strangest of people. But that, that was his first church, God. And today you call us to build a church of diversity, a church of inclusion, a church of radical hospitality and love. Empower us to do that even in the darkness. God bless us as we move out of 2020 into 2021, knowing that you walk before us that you walk with us. God, empower us to care for those who need it, for those who are struggling. Comfort them and spur us to comfort them as well. God, we give you all the glory and we give thanks for your son who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with you and those in whom you love, henceforth, now, and forevermore. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give. A special thanks to our technical team and artists of all forms. Usual composition and vocals brought to you by Paisley Suttermeyer and Sean Thompson. Audio mastery by Drew Parker. Joy to the World by Isaac Watts. Gloria Patry by City Hymns. And The First Noel by Andrew Pratt and David Haas. Music covered under license CCS 11209. Scripture is quoted from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible and theological musings and prayer brought to you by Lucas Jones and Charles Weathers. Mm-hmm.